Welcome to this week's Priority Now podcast, encouraging women to become better disciples of Jesus. Every week we hear from women just like us that are being intentional to know Jesus more and to make Him known. Here's your host, Carmen Halsey. Hi, ladies. This is Carmen, and welcome to this week's Priority Now podcast. We are glad you're joining us this week, and we have Miss Sarah Bordwick with us. Hi, Sarah. Hi. Thank you so much for joining us, and I, I like how you pause. They tell me, ladies, that I jump in too quick, and they have to punch a pause or it ruins our, our recording. I don't I don't get it, Sarah, but you seem to understand when they said that about me. Well, we'll do our best, right? <laughs> there you go. Hey, Sarah, I know that you know a lot of women across the state, and I know a lot of women know you, um, but you are, in my eyes, you're one of those young, dynamic women leaders, and you're one of the first people I met when God brought me into this position, and I've watched watched you grow and I've watched God reposition you. So tell the women who Sarah is. Wow. Well, thank you for that compliment. I really appreciate it. Um, well, I was born and raised in Illinois. I've lived all over the state. I've lived in Southern Illinois, Central Illinois, and in the Chicago area. So I've lived all over and I love, love it. I love this whole state. Um, I grew up going to church. It was my favorite place to be. Like I loved church before I loved Jesus. And so when I was 12, that's when I finally kind of made the connection that like my sin separated me from God. I had loved church. I believed this, but I hadn't trusted in Jesus. And so that's when I became a Christian. And after that, it was just, you know, growing in my walk with Christ. When I was in high school, I felt called to missions. I thought that meant I was going to be a foreign missionary. I was going to go into the nations and tell people about Christ. And uh, summer after my freshman year of college, I went to Wales and I spent a summer there with the International Mission Board summer missions program. I loved it. I learned so much. Came home summer after my junior year of college. I did uh, Illinois Baptist summer missions. I was on an E team back in the day, serving all over the state, doing all kinds of different things um, at churches throughout Illinois. And after college, I wanted to be a missionary and the Lord opened a door to go and work in Chicago. And so I was, I became a missionary to the world in the state that I grew up in. I was working with college students and with refugees living in the area. So it was like God brought the world to where I was to do. And so I did that for several years, worked in the Chicago area as a North American Mission Board, a USC2 missionary. From there, I moved back to Decatur. That's during that time is when I met you. Served in my local church, just worked average desk job and always wanted to be, well, I just needed some growing and some healing time. And then I ended up after some time, I ended up going and working at the children's home, uh, the Baptist children's home at Carmine. I did that for several years as a house parent. And now I work in the local church uh, in Mount Zion, Illinois. I work at First Baptist Church. I'm their youth and children's ministry leader. And I do a billion other things too. But that's like my direct title. That's good. And I appreciate you kind of giving us the timeline because I think it's so important as I listen to you talk. I love how you said it. Exactly what God called you to do, you did 
but it may look a little bit different than what you might have thought it would look like or other people. And I think that's so important for us to remember that um, God may be calling us to something specific, but sometimes we frame up in our mind what it should look like. And so sometimes we can accept or reject what's coming our way based on does it match this picture going in my in my mind. You talked about you needed some time to rest and some time to heal. But I, I think it's important to you're young. You know, you are a young leader. And, you know, when you when you sort of share that resume, it can sound like you've been around for a long time. And so I think it's important for us to remember, too, that our calling can express itself in many different ways. God typically doesn't bring us in one position and leave us, but we pick up different skills and he opens our eyes to different things. And more importantly, we get to know him. But but you said I needed some time out, you know, to heal, some time out to grow a little bit. You don't have to go into the details, but I think that's really important for a leader because, you know, we're just ordinary women. That's what we say. We're ordinary women with an extraordinary God. So I think it's important for us as women to remind each other. And sometimes we do that through stories of what do you mean time to heal? We're in God's will. We're serving him. What do you mean we have to have time to time to heal? What would you speak into a woman if they said, what do you mean by that, Sarah? Well, I would just say that, I mean, I was in ministry, full-time ministry, but it didn't, it wasn't a nine to five kind of ministry. Um, We were working with refugees and I was on a mission, a team of missionaries and it was just really hard. And we, I worked all the time and that was my fault. I was a workaholic. I was like, well, this all has to get done. So I am going to do it. I'm going to get it done. I'm going to do all of these things. And I just had burnt myself out really badly by never taking the rest and well, rarely taking the rest and breaks that I needed because I I was doing kingdom work, but I didn't have a good balance between resting in the Lord and doing his work. And it was also really hard work, really getting into the nitty gritty of people's lives, living like walking beside them through some of the most difficult times of their life. You need time to like heal your body and to strengthen your resolve and your heart after you've gone through those those different sure. things. Also, I needed time to be okay with being in ministry again because I needed some time away for me to appreciate being in full-time ministry because I think I always thought, well, wouldn't it be so much easier if I just had a nine to five job and I could go to work every day and leave it at work and come home? And I found out when I had that nine to five job that that was not true because I did not like that job. It was hard, harder, probably because I wasn't it was so hard for me to like ground that in like my purpose of who I am in Christ at that job. And so I that was really something I needed to learn that that's not easier, like doing a normal nine to five desk job or being a teacher at a grade school, whatever it is is not easier than being in full-time ministry. It's just different. That's that's a wise word. That's a wise word. Um, but one that comes with experience, <laughs> you know, because I think we all have to experience it because it's one thing to tell somebody that, but until you've lived in those shoes, we can be working harder than we've ever worked, but it's bringing us energy at the same time, meaning that mm-hmm. satisfaction, that joy. And you 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 hit the nail on the head. It's it's fulfilling a purpose, which lines up with God's will, you know, for, for our life. But I think that's important for us to, you know, as we listen to you, I think it's important for us to keep in mind, too. That's sometimes a good indicator when God's starting to move us also. 
you know, you start to shift when you're not feeling some of that satisfaction. And, and there's nothing wrong with the job. There's nothing wrong with the people. You just know there's kind of an unsettling unrest. And, and there's been a lot of times I'll say, okay, God, I sense you're moving here. Um, a leadership coach, Jane Bishop, a lot of the folks on know, but Jane's done some training for us in the state. And, and she one time told me, I was talking to her about something God was doing in my own life. And she said, well, she says, you know, Carmen, maybe it's like the tent pegs are loosened but God's not moving the tent yet. And I thought that is such wise advice mm. right there. God doesn't leave us where we're at. He equips us, gets us developed, and then moves us to where he's working. But I think it's important for us to recognize that he's starting to stir. The spirit's moving, but he may not be moving us yet. You know, he's just getting us, just getting us ready. Yeah. I, when I talk about that season of my life, I always tell people that that was three years. And during that three, the first year, I needed to like heal and see that what I just talked about with like the nine to five being different. The second year, there's no way I would have been willing to take the pay cut that it took to get to be in ministry. Well, the ministry that the Lord took me to, not all ministry is a huge pay cut, but that what I ended up doing was. And then the third, by the third year though, I had healed in the way I needed to heal. And I was ready to say, okay, I will take this enormous pay cut to do what you have called me to do. Yeah, that's good. And again, wisdom. That, that's why I'm so impressed with you. But it's wisdom there again to do what you've called me to do. In other words, not just to do anything, but you know, it was a it was a calling. He was working. He was offering an invitation. And as Henry Blackaby says, there's your crisis of belief. You're going to trust him or not adjust your life and, and join him. So that that's good. Um, and also, you know, knowing a little bit about your ministry that you were involved in in Chicago, it was intense. I mean, you weren't just working with refugees. It was what I call first line entry ministry. And I can only imagine, well, I don't have to imagine some because I know a few years when we did um, the refugee intensive with Awesome, I got to hear a little more of your story, you know, from your work. That's not been wasted. So the fact that God let that, you know, you experienced that early on, God wastes nothing. That's carried with you. So talk to us a little bit. Um, okay, you're in a local church. You know, you're um, the children's youth minister there. You know, you lead out in that. Do you still have this heart for the nations? Uh, well, yeah, I certainly still want to reach the world. But I think that God has opened my eyes, even just in the last year of that, like every ministry has value. And this is part of the world. Mount Zion, Illinois, even though it is mostly white, rural families is still the world. And that's, this is where he has me right now. But yeah, I, I still have a heart for the nation's. But sometimes I have found, and I've talked about this with another friend who felt called to missions and did missions for a while, but now is, you know, a stay-at-home mom and teaches ESL. And we've both talked about this, about how Satan uses that to try to sometimes even, like the calling that we felt on our lives, Satan uses that to be like, you are not doing enough. You are not where you're supposed to be because you are not in another country telling people about Jesus. But that's not where God has called me right now. And I'm certainly willing to go. And that is that was the desire of my heart. And that my heart hasn't changed. It just looks different. And I have found as I've listened to the Lord clearly tell me at this time, this is where I'm supposed to be. I don't long for something else. I mean, look at our world. God has brought the world to us just like he did to Abraham. He 
he brought the people like he made Israel the place that everybody went through. Like that's where everybody went through. He made the people of Israel. That's where you're going to be. And they're all going to come to you. And that's what he's done here. The world has come to the United States and we are just as broken as everybody else. And we need Jesus. And so for me right now, right here, this is where he's called me to be. Well said, because we are called, right, to start at home, our communities, our states, our nations, the world. And sometimes, I think especially as women, you know, our design, I think we struggle a little bit with that. And some people may say, well, I got to put this on hold, you know, while I raise kids, or I've got to put this on hold while I care for a family member. I've got to put this on hold. And and I think I think that's a, we, we need to shift that paradigm because the way God created us, we are a woman. There's going to be certain roles we get to play that, that men aren't. And that is an ordained season of life from God, you know, and you're right. There is serving and worshiping God in that season as much as it's it's almost a negative thought. Almost, I want to careful how I say it. It can almost borderline being disobedient to God by saying I'm on hold instead of saying like what you said, God, I am, I'm present. I'm present. This is my life right now. And I'm showing up um, Romans 12, one, right? Jim Elliott has a quote, wherever you are, be all there. And that's something I've had on my wall since I was in college as like, wherever you, and I'm not always good at that, but it's a good reminder. Like wherever God has placed you, be all there. It is just as hard to be a stay at home mom who is serving her family as it is to be the youth and children's director at a church. Like it is just as hard to do any of those, whatever it is. And missionaries from being a missionary, I know missionaries are people, pastors are people. We're all broken people in need of a savior. And so it takes courage to do whatever it is that is in front of you from God. That's good. I, I like that. I love the quote. I love the quote. When you said that about, you know, being a stay-at-home mom is just as hard as, I would say with COVID, it's bypassed it. It's harder. For sure. <laughs> Trying to homeschool and Zoom, you know, work from home and care for their families. And it's been such a challenge. But man, again, I see the resiliency of our women, you know, that have just stepped up and they're doing it. And I love when they're just vulnerable saying, I want to pull my hair out here, but but we're leaning in and figuring this out. And they are, you know, they are. Yeah. That, that's great. Sarah, when I, um, one of the memories I had of you early on is obviously I met you around some of the work and you were in that season. You were, like you said, when about the time, of course, I didn't know it, you know, at that time that that was a season you were in. But you weren't settled where you were going to be. And of course, that's when God started to move you. But what was interesting is I got to meet some other young women leaders about that same time frame. And I can remember having coffee with you guys, meeting you at, um, I believe it was at Panera. Panera. And um, if somebody else coordinated it and asked, you know, I think they just invited me and said, I want to introduce you. And I was surprised to see who all was walking in. Like they all know each other, you know, <laughs> and it, you know, it was so cool, though, because you guys knew each other as students, you know, not from different churches, but doing things together. Then again, as young adults, young adult women. But in that particular season, all three of you were sort of seeking God's next step for your life. And it was so neat to be the older woman sitting there listening to the three of you encourage each other, you know, and speak into each other's lives. And I'm, I'm not going to say, say the hard stuff because it wasn't hard because you guys had that sort of relationship, but you were willing to be the mirror for each other, you know, through that encouragement to speak some, to speak some truth. But, but that's one of my first memories that I'm like, 
you had healthy relationship around you. So you weren't you serving in Chicagoland with these ladies, but you, you had a healthy, healthy no, network of sisters that could be accountability partners when you needed it also. And I think that's really important for us at, as women. I agree. Uh, give us an idea of what does it look like for the ordinary woman, Sarah, to abide with an extraordinary God? What does it look like, you know, to stay connected to that vine? Well, for me, uh, knowing myself is an important thing because if I'm not knowing who I am, I think I can do it on my own. <laughs> and I try to do it on my own. So I spend a lot of time in the word. I pray a lot. This year, I know a lot of a lot of people like listen to Christian music regularly. There was a time in my life when I did that, but I do a lot more like listening to podcasts and audiobooks now. And mm-hmm. so I don't listen to as much music. So this year I've tried to like every day at least like spend some time worship like not just listening, but like actually like with a few songs a day, a worshiping God. So just to kind of get my heart where it needs to be to connect with him praying, asking him to show me what he wants me to see, being in relationship with other women who I can be real with about what I'm going through and feeling, and just taking opportunities to learn as much as I can. I personally am very strong. I mean, when you described me, you described the good parts of my personality. I'm strong. I'm going to work hard. I'm going to make sure that I learn. But with that type of personality, I personally have a tendency to then bulldoze over people and to, because I want to know, I want to know that they know that I know what I'm doing or that I am right and that I know what I'm talking about, uh, even when I don't necessarily actually know what I'm talking about. And so it's, a, for me, it's being aware of those things as I study the word so that I can be more open to him showing me, Sarah, you, it's not done. The work is not done. You are just as broken. Like I'm not because I'm healed. I'm new. I'm a new creation, but I'm still a sinner and I'm not any, like I'm not less of a sinner because I do A, B, C, D, E, F, G. I need to put my full faith and trust in him and let him be changing me instead of me trying to do the work to change myself. That's good. Well, as we wrap up, like I said, our whole purpose of these podcasts, we want to we want the women across the state to meet them, you know, other other people and see how God um, has positioned them and work in their life just to encourage us along the ways. Um, Because I've learned that sometimes we all like a a guide. Somebody just kind of help us, you know, get to that next step. And um, and typically when we can find or hear of somebody that's been a couple steps ahead of us, we can learn from their stories. And I just I think that's just the. The power of a story, you know, because it can just it can just so penetrate. So I'm going to ask you this question. But what would you tell Sarah 10 years ago if you were giving her a piece of advice right now? Um, Waiting doesn't have to be painful. It doesn't have to be as painful as you're making it. (laughs) Because I feel like I had been in I was in some seasons of transition where I would know like the end was coming. And then that ending season was just a struggle instead of like, no, rest in the Lord. Take that time. Like I can look back and see how God did all these things and how to learn these things, but I didn't know that while it was happening. So yeah, 
Yeah, I think that's a reality for more than just you, Sarah, which is why I tell um, a lot of times when I'm um, talking to women, I'm glad I'm not the kid. You know, I'm, I'm glad I've got some age on me because it sure has helped my faith to be able to look back and see God got me through that. He got me through that. He got me through that. You know, just as that proof to yourself, the, the evidence, right, of God's goodness throughout your life. But what I think we need to keep that in mind as God has us walking with younger believers, whether that's a child, a student, or, you know, another adult that's just younger in the faith. I think that's so important and where they we have to be willing to let them stand on our stories, which is why, you know, if you're listening, ladies, this is why your stories are so important. You know, God redeems us at a cross, but then he wants to restore our life as he sanctifies us. You know, the old's gone, the new's there, but then he's transforming that life more into that likeness of Jesus, and he owns it. And so many times our story is what he he wants us to offer up when we see somebody walking that same thing or hurting that because we bring them hope when they can see there's somebody that's been through it. They get it. They get it. Um, I've said this a lot on past podcasts. Um, it's a it's a quote I read from C.S. Lewis going into the holiday season. And it was just a little fun thing on Facebook. Somebody posted it said, here's here's how friends are made. And it's like just two ladies sitting there. I said, what? You two? I thought that was just me. You know, but when somebody can tell a story and you can you can resonate because you see yourself in that story, there's something that builds a relationship because you look at that person like they get me, meaning they see me. And what that what that translates is they they allow you to speak into their life, you know, because there's 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 just a, a bonding. So that that's good. Well, Sarah, I'm like I said, I'm liking watching you grow and mature in your faith, but also in your in your vocation, you know, the professional side of you. Um, and like I said, you do take your own leadership development serious. So as we close, give give us an example. What are a couple you told us how you abide? What are a couple of things you do intentionally to keep learning to be that lifelong learner? If you're going to teach, you have to be a learner. Um, if you're just wanting to espouse what you know. That's not going to work out for you because that's limited. So you've got to be always learning. And so for me right now, November, December, I did a Bible study that Lifeway had provided free online. Um, a Chris, it was Christy McClellan and it was called Jesus and Women. It was all about how Jesus like Jesus's interaction with women and what Jesus had to say about women in the Bible. And it was phenomenal. I loved it so much that now. And this the woman who teaches it, Christy McClellan, she like leads trips to Israel. Now, obviously, we're not going anywhere, but that's always been like the dream of my heart to go to Israel. And I really love this idea of of learning about the Bible from a biblical lens and a biblical context. So she has a couple other classes online. And so actually just yesterday, I bought a class that she is she teaches online, started it yesterday. Like that's all about how God is better than we know based on looking at the Bible from a Eastern Jewish lens instead of from a Western lens. That's good. See, that excites me. I didn't know you were going to say that, but I am really impressed by her. And, oh my gosh. Uh, love when, her. Yes. When Lifeway brought her in and let us get to hear a little bit from her and introduce the Bible study. And I was like you, I went back to your website. Um, now, ladies, if you're listening, don't read into this because I'm not saying this is happening, but oh, couldn't it, girls? Let's dream a little. I would so love to see Christy with us in the near future. She was not available this year to join us. I was so impressed with her, but I would love, love, love to coordinate some of those teaching trips for Illinois Baptist women to those holy lands and learn what you just said. 
can I just dream with you girls if you're listening? I would love to be coming to you in 2022 and offering some of those opportunities. So Sarah, it's neat that you said it's always been my dream or I can just see this because friend, God's put that on my heart too. I really hope that that's a reality for Illinois Baptist women in the near future because I think it could just bring our teaching to a different level um, to, you know, to experience that. So that's a good word. I'm glad you ended with that word, Sarah. Yep. That's really good. <laughs> That's fantastic. Sarah, seriously, thank you so much for spending a few minutes with us and letting me um, get to share you with the Illinois Baptist women and you sharing a little bit about your story. Well, I was glad to be here. I hope that it's encouraging for somebody who listens. All right, ladies, we're going to be sharing um, Sarah's contact information in the episode notes if you want to reach out to her. She's a resource that you can use, especially if you're working with students. And just like Sarah told us how she's doing um, um, her own learning, I want to remind you, um, especially if you're working with students or you en enjoy that population, but it can be anybody leading, I just want to remind you of a leadership cohort that we've got launching next week. And yeah, I guess I am giving a commercial, but it's a good commercial. You know, join us. Consider joining us for that leadership cohort leading when you're not in charge and Sarah why I went there is because you mentioned that you know there's there's just times that you get you can get frustrated and we're all we all have influence and we got to debunk that myth that we got to have authority to be able to lead we've got to learn to cultivate our influence you know because God wants us to steward that well so that's good so ladies if that's something that could be a fit for you we'll put that con you know we'll put the information on that also in our episode notes and and if I can answer any questions about that for you give me a call you know just give me a call well sarah thank you for joining and ladies thanks for listening and um, make sure that you're not walking this journey alone remember um connect with us that's the beauty of community and so you can connect with us on facebook at illinois baptist women you can follow us on instagram at, at illinois baptist women or check out our website at ibsa.org backslash women and we will see you next week on the priority now podcast You've been listening to the Priority Now podcast with host Carmen Halsey. Resources mentioned today are listed in the episode notes in the podcast app. Stay connected with us through social media and our website, ibsa.org women.